<laughs> just absolutely frustrated with our contestants who couldn't finish the cheap trick lyric. They always do that. Though. Uh, I knew the answer to that. From the 262, OMG, come on, man. From the 480, good lord, these people. Yeah, some of them are pretty, some pretty <laughs> weird answers. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue in downtown Milwaukee, this is Wisconsin's Morning News. In for Vince Petrano, here's Eric Bilstad. And a good morning, Wisconsin's Morning News with Vince Petrano, Eric Bilstad, along with Mike Spaulding, Steve Scafidi in studio. Who am I in for? I'm, if you're in for Eric and Eric's in for Vince, who am I in for? Vince takes two Comedic guys relief. to be able to. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Mm, some people say, what? Greg Hill producing the big show. Thanks for coming in early, buddy. Appreciate it as always. I'm always here for you. We have a very busy hour before we get to 9 o'clock and Steve actually takes over this studio. So around, the station. Around 835... We're going to speak with a, uh, a, formal, a former federal prosecutor about what we can expect today as far as the indictment of Donald Trump goes. So questions that I want to ask her when she joins us is, okay, what, what can we learn today of anything new? I've heard that there's more evidence out there. So what does that look like? How would we learn that? I want to, I want to hear that. I'm also curious why he can't seem to find a lawyer. What's the reason behind that? You think that even if it's a losing case, usually lawyers jump at the chance well, I don't know. Hard to work for and doesn't pay his bills would be two answers that pop into my brain right away. Okay. Well, we'll have to ask her about that as well. And today will be a fairly quick day as far as his arraignment. He should go in and should come out. He'll get mugshotted. He'll get fingerprinted. Not with ink. It'll be done digitally. Um, and then he'll be in and out, and he's going to address supporters back at Bedminster later this evening. One of the things, I, was, I watched a lot of coverage last night from MSNBC to Fox to everything in between, CNN. Uh, watched some of the Chris, Chris Christie thing, which we'll play on, the, on my show. Um, this idea of protests, not really sure who's going to show up. There's a lot of call for protests. They're expecting as many. What did we see? 50,000 people, they you, thought, maybe? You think that's real? No, but like they have to prepare for anything. They, I mean, you have no Give idea. Give me a number. What do you think? A couple thousand, maybe? Yeah, a couple thousand. Yeah. Well, wait, are we including media? <laughs> well, media is like shut up from this thing. They, they're, they well, have no access right. whatsoever. Well, it's federal courthouse, so that's fairly normal. But even more restrictive on the use of their cell, carrying their smartphones or cell phones. They yeah. can't even have those on them. Anyway, so we'll have much more on, on that indictment coming up at 835. Plus, we also have Summerfest tickets to give away. But you're going to have to work for them. We'll do that this hour as well. But I want to start with this, Steve. This is a story that's come up from time and time again. And there seems to be no resolution, at least in sight, plus size air travelers and how each airline is trying to handle a plus size air traveler. I can't believe he's looking at me when he says this. I'm I'm just looking at you. Horrible. Stop it. So according to the World Obesity Federation, 38% of the world population are overweight or obese. And over the past 20 years, we've seen the average seat shrink on an airplane from 18 and a half inches to 17 inches. So as the planes continue to give you seats that are smaller and we continue to see people getting bigger, something's got to bend and something's got to break at some point, right? You would think so. I mean, again, not knowing every detail about how the uh, airline industry works when it comes to passengers in seats. Um, Maybe you market some plus-size seats at a premium. 
I am I am confident that people would pay the price. Among the issues they're dealing with is policy confusion. So some airlines demand that you pay for a second seat. Other airlines do it a little bit differently if you're plus size. So that's one issue is that there is no standard procedure as far as someone who's considered plus size. Um, to your point, if you're going to suggest that, okay, if you are of this size, you get to get a bigger seat, wouldn't that become a slippery slope too? Because well, if you, you're paying for it, what do you? Why do you? Why would so you you're care? paying for more. You're a premium for a larger okay, seat. Okay. Well, so would it? Would, could I pay for that? If you wanted, if you wanted to, yeah. Even though you're not a big so, if person. you're an obese person and you see some tiny punks sitting in those seats, well, if they paid for it, I mean, why do you get worked? Well, up yeah, for but it? then are you just giving people bigger seats? Like They're paying not... for the right to have a bigger seat. Yeah, I get. I that's understand. Called, that's but... called first class. Yeah. Yeah. Is that is that helping people who have this issue of fitting into the seat though? If you're just offering a few larger ones without any restrictions on who can get it or are you just offering bigger seats for some people i just think they're gonna have to do it at some point i mean look at the stats so let's see here experts are predicting that more than half of the global population will be overweight or obese by 2035 so what do we got here 10 10 years 12 years from now we're more than half of the planet is going to be considered obese and if the plane seats aren't getting any bigger then aren't you going to start losing passengers yeah Maybe 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 too many people fly as it is. Maybe it's it shouldn't be a city what? bus. Come on. Maybe it shouldn't be a city. Maybe it should be a premium. Maybe it should be a privilege. Why why does it have to be like a city bus? Well, it's a privilege. Well, no. I would argue it's a privilege already. About? Come on. You know how much money I have to pay for a ticket? Yeah. This isn't the same. If, if you're a good fly. shopper, you don't have to pay a lot. You, you you shop around. You choose your your flight times based on not your convenience, but the airline's pricing schedule. There's all kinds of ways to work around this. Other way. I'm other- flying back from Vegas at like. Eight o'clock at night on a Sunday night. It's cheaper than if I flew at like seven in, or, or in the or in the day. So flip side of that, what if a airline, United or whoever it is, decides we're going to put in bigger seats? Our our tickets are going to cost more, so you kind of do add that premium cost. Mm-hmm. But that's what we're going to position ourselves is the comfortable airline. I don't think that'll ever happen because if you're a shareholder, you would lose your mind. But well, it, it's at some points. Do you as an airline understand that if the population is is getting bigger, you have to meet that need, meet that demand. And if you what, don't that, do it, then you're going to lose money, yeah, right? So, I mean, eventually. so at some point you have to figure it out. But you're, you just you just said Yes, off. I'm an elitist, Eric. I think some some people shouldn't fly. People that can't control their behavior, never let them fly again. Okay, that's different. People that don't follow the rules, never fly again. That's what city buses are for. 855-616-1620 by the way, on the old National Bank talk and text line 855-616 one six twenty. Here's one from the four one four. If the flight is out of plus size seats, pick a different flight. No, okay, I I I can understand that. I guess my point is, is who gets to get those plus size seats? Do you have to weigh a certain amount? Do you have to be a certain height? So you're going to ask the passenger height weights. Well, maybe we just have TSA do like it. I don't know. The only way that show. the only way that works is if every passenger has asked their height weight. Otherwise, it is discriminatory. Okay, but so then anyone can buy. Why wouldn't I or anyone? Well, because you don't want to pay the premium price. But so if it's a more what, comfortable seat, so you'd pay a hundred dollars for a more comfortable seat. I might consider that. How far are you flying? Flight? Yeah, I mean, sure. how long is the flight? I mean, think about like think about those. Uh, we're talking seventeen inches. Those, anyone who's flown coach knows it ain't a comfortable ride. I don't know. I've I've flown twelve hour flights. I'm a bigger bigger guy. I've never been uncomfortable on a on a flight for the size of the seat. So you're talking about very big people. Well, sure. Yeah, very big people. I mean, you're not a you're not. I wouldn't consider you an obese person. I, by definition, 
according to uh, the medical community, I am obese. So you sort it out however well, you want. So, I'm just telling you, I'm not uncomfortable on a, on a regular plane seat. So how are they deciding this, though? Are they going by guts, like beer belly? Or are they going <laughs> by weight? How would they decide who's... Well, I think wit, <laughs> butt like hip, hip to hip, right, is probably hip more... What if, what if they get a tape measure out as you get on... Well, you're not going to fit in that seat. We're going to yeah. have to premium... Shoes off, shirt <laughs> off, let that you measurement. There, here's one. <laughs> from How many old people National are angry Bank, right now? From the old National Bank talk and text line, uh, 855-616-1620. Here's some advice. Start eating a salad. That's from the 216. Oh, see? Now, come on. And I had a salad last night. From the 414, good Lord, why don't we address the obese problem instead? No, 100%, and I think that's understood. I mean, obviously, you can chew gum and walk at the same time. Yes, I think it's clear that there is an obesity problem. And trust me, insurance companies know that there is one and are trying to do whatever they can to help do the wellness stuff because it's cheaper to do that than to deal with everyone's health ailments after them. Here's where I lose my mind. Obesity is not just what you eat. It can be your... Your, your genetics. It can be something that a pre existing condition that, that limits your ability to move around. It's not as easy as just saying well, they have horrible diets. They eat fast food all the time. That's not, that's not the answer. I agree. You're right. I would argue in 10 to 20 years, in the world of Ozempic and other drugs that can seriously knock down your weight quickly, this may not be an issue. This may be a 10 year problem. Anybody think science not, not, is not going to rule the world when it comes to all of the things that we do every day? Of course it will. So the planes will be fine then because everyone will be thin and the same looking is what you're saying? We got that transition period. What do we do between now and then? 855-616-1620 on the old National Bank talk and text line. The future of airlines, should there be these plus size seats that are just taken by whomever? I think Greyhound had his very big seats. 855-616-1620 on the old National Bank talk and text line. 819 on Wisconsin's Morning News. Wisconsin's morning news rolls on. Eric Bilstead along with Steve Scafidi and Mike Spaulding. Special guest. (laughs) Special guest, Mm -hmm. uh, Steve Scafidi. Debbie's watching your roads and Greg is keeping us on track today. So we were discussing how you handle this growing epidemic of uh, plus-sized passengers on airplanes and how different, air, different airlines do different things. There's different policies for different planes. And the one thought that you had, Steve, was, well, look, if you're going to see a growing number of uh, people who are considered obese, and I know that there's some different parameters that people may argue, but if the number is supposed to be more than 50% of the population within the next 12 to 15 years— Planes are going to have to do something. Mm -hmm. Your suggestion was just sell so many bigger seats for so many people per plane. Am I I paraphrasing? Yeah, here's why it's challenging, because... I don't know how much you you follow the the traffic or the the popularity of air air travel, but it's it's returned plus more to pre-pandemic levels. So there's no... Decline in demand. There's more people wanting to fly. So I just read a report uh, from a travel uh, bureau that says most planes this summer are going to be jammed. So there's no there's no extra place. First of all, how would you physically do that on a plane? What's the logistics of adding wider seats? You can only get so narrow on those. Right now they've gone the down to 17 inches. So the the number the width of the seat has gone down over the past 20 years. Here's one from the 760 on the old National Bank talk and text line. Why can't bigger people pay for tickets for first class? The seats are significantly larger than coach. 
Clearly, if they can afford for larger quantities of food, larger sizes of clothing, they should be able to pay for long, larger seats. Dude, that's just me. Uh, okay, that's kidding. a little like, I was gonna say, yeah, it's come a little, on now. That's a deep cut. Why don't you just say, I hate fat people and text that in? Yeah, basically. Jim is in Appleton. Jim, you're joining us now on WDTMJ. What say you? Well, they got to get larger seats. I took a flight not too long ago from Charlotte to Chicago. And a husband and wife, both of them were obese. One took a window seat. The other one took the aisle seat because they knew they needed the extra space. I was stuck in the middle. Not very comfortable. Hmm. And how much do you weigh, Jim? <laughs> I weigh 200 pounds, and I'm five foot ten. Okay. And these so... guys had to be at least 350 apiece. At least 350 apiece. So I'm trying to figure that out, though. If you were to... I mean, that's essentially business class, though. If, if, if the airline was willing to offer so many seats that cost a little bit more that are a little bit larger, isn't that just business class? What used to be business class? Yeah, that's what it used to be. You know, it, it, years, <laughs> you know well, I miss Midwest Express. Let's just put it that way, okay? They well, have beautiful seats, all leather, lots of room. You know, and it's no longer around, but it clearly wasn't sustainable for several reasons. Thank you, Jim, for the phone call. I mean, that that the the situation with Midwest Express, I mean, the the oil prices at the time, there's a lot of reasons why the airline no longer exists. But I mean, you know, that type of plane may not be sustainable. I've been accused of being insensitive to people's issues sometimes. But uh, put yourself in the psyche of the person that that is large. And I'm talking significantly large, 300 pounds. You think they enjoy the experience? Probably not. They feel humiliated, and you know, as much as people don't want to, they want to be uh, uncomfortable on planes. The reality is, with the current setup, every seat's the same size. You're going to have to accommodate people. I, I would hope airlines are sensitive to it in a different way. Maybe you you understand this is a larger person when they get on a plane. You try to figure something out for them. If there's an empty seat, I'm you just, try to figure that out. I'm I don't know. At some point, they're going to have to because if if everyone is getting bigger, which is the case. I mean, unless we're, we see some dramatic change in that, everyone's getting bigger, then they're going to have to figure out. Otherwise, they're going to lose customers, aren't they? You would think so. I think this is also framed wrong. Somehow it's become a us versus them, as in traveler against traveler, when really it should just be us against the airline as a consumer, <laughs> right? Because they're <laughs> yes. the ones that have been squeezing these seats smaller and smaller, taking away some of the uh, amenities you get when you fly. Like, where does it end there? So I think, look, if this starts the revolution of, we demand better of airlines, and yeah, I'm all for it. I'll make the taxpayer argument. We bailed out the airlines. They wouldn't even be in business if we wouldn't have given them billions and billions of dollars. From the 414, if I have to pay a fee for having a couple of pounds over the limit for my luggage, they should have to pay for being overweight. Boy. That's what I'm saying. They like, wh- Why are we against our fellow travelers? We're all just trying to get somewhere and go. Like. Blame the airline. Mm. Have you have you lived in this country? There's so much <laughs> hate and and dislike yeah. for for the dumbest things now. That's the world we live in. People are angry because someone's overweight, even though there may be a lot of reasons why that's the case. Eight twenty eight on Wisconsin's morning news. Finished. You're not getting the customization you deserve. Book your free meeting today at creativeplanning.com. Creative planning, a richer way to wealth. Last thing I'd say on this Wisconsin's Morning News with Vince Vitrano. Vince is out. I'm Eric Bilstead, along with Steve Scafidi, Mike Spaulding, and Debbie Lazaga. The last thing I'll say on this is the um, airlines will have to eventually address this issue because we have examples of it. 
Here's one from the 262. I'm an overweight older adult who has tried to lose weight all my life. I've accepted now that I will never fly. So if there are more and more, and we have a couple other texts like that too, if we have more people who are saying, yeah, I don't think I'm going to be able to get on a plane anymore, eventually, and if we're seeing statistics indicate that more and more people are getting larger or considered quote-unquote obese, will that mean less and less people are flying, in which case does the airline need to pivot and actually offer seats that people can see? Yeah, when demand changes, they have to make decisions based on that lessening of demand, and maybe we'll see a change then. Don't acquiesce. Don't say, well, I guess I'm just not going to do this. Like, demand better. These these companies have shareholders. Their shareholders care about the stock price, which is why the seats are tiny in the first place, so they can pack more of us in there. Mm-hmm. But, like, we we can demand more and better as people, so I don't think the answer is acquiesce, and that's sad that that's where we're at. It's just, well, I well, just don't do it anymore. So, but the devil's advocate would be you can, just you can pay for a nicer seat. You can get first class and be more comfortable. Yeah, let's not pretend that there's, there isn't an alternative. A lot of people are choosing for this reason to get in their own vehicle and drive to where they want to go to. Now, you can't do that sure. everywhere, of course, but in a lot of cases, the Southeast, East Coast, maybe even Southwest, you get in a very comfortable vehicle and you drive out there. Maybe this that's the answer. Story's not going away. It is something that they're going to have to address at some point. Former President Donald Trump heads to court this afternoon in Miami where he'll be arraigned. This is because of those documents that he's accused of storing, hiding, refusing to give back to the feds. Joining us now is an ABC News contributor. It's Sarah Isger. She is a former spokesperson for the Department of Justice, also an attorney. Sarah, thanks for coming on. I know that you only have a couple of minutes here. Um, One question today that I'm curious about. We've seen the indictment. Many of us have read through the indictment. Is there anything else we could learn about the Fed's case today if that were to go through as we expect later on? No, most likely we're not going to learn a whole lot today about the intricacies of the case. The one thing that we might learn is if Trump's defense team mentions future motions that they want to file, things like that, that could be a signal that they don't intend for this to go to trial very quickly. Under the Speedy Trial Act, a criminal defendant is entitled to go to trial within 70 days of his arraignment, which would be today. Uh, now, there's a chance they won't really signal anything either way. But if we see something, it, it could be a note that they actually don't intend for this to go to trial at the end of the summer. Sarah, how long do you think this, this process is going to take today? Is it a half hour, hour, longer than that? What what will it be? <laughs> well, I'm, I'm chuckling a little because we kind of already have been through this. Right. Um, you know, we, we went through this in New York. The president will have to be processed. They are not expecting to take traditional fingerprints. They're going to scan his hands. They're not going to search him, empty his pockets. They're not going to take a mugshot. And so I expect all of that to go relatively quickly, as it did in New York. Uh, he'll then go into the courtroom, plead not guilty. And that's where this could all be done. It could be very, very fast, like it was in New York, or... You could see the lawyer signal to the judge, hey, we're expecting to file these motions, et cetera. I think that's unlikely, but it's possible. Sarah Isger joins us on Wisconsin's Morning News, former spokesperson for the DOJ, now an ABC News contributor. Sarah, like this seems like back in the day, any type of case like this, defense attorneys would be climbing over each other to be a part of. You know, firms would be, oh, please pick me, pick me. I want to represent. I want to do this, even if they know it might be a losing case, because generally I assume lawyers want to be out there. They want to be on TV. They want to get the attention. Why is the former president having so much trouble getting representation? 
Well, you're exactly right. I mean, think about O.J. Simpson's, quote, dream team. They weren't expected to win that case. But if you can win a case like that, you go down in history. Here's the problem. O.J. Simpson was a very uh, sort of the perfect client. He would do whatever his lawyer said. He wasn't going to take the stand. I mean, this was like a lawyer's dream. Here you have Donald Trump, a guy who's known for not really paying his bills, throwing his lawyers under the bus, firing them after not much time, not listening to their advice. And this is a case where the evidence itself is of Trump lying to his lawyers. So I see why lawyers are passing on this. Um, And there's certainly some politics involved as well. Some of the lawyers are simply not going to be interested in taking this case because of their other clients. Time is short. Uh, Steve, you got one more question? Yeah, uh, we hear a lot about security today. What do you anticipate? Who's going to show up? Will there be a lot of protesters? Uh, That's a million-dollar question. Laura Loomer, a major Trump supporter, organizing a protest. She has asked for people to be peaceful, but I think even folks within the Trump team and his allies are nervous about what's going to be going on outside that courtroom. That could really be harmful to Donald Trump's defense if there is violence today in those protests. Um, so I hope not. I think certainly the police and federal law enforcement are ready for anything that could go down today. Um, but a lot of folks holding their breath. Sarah, thank you for your time. Appreciate it. You bet. Sarah Isger, ABC News contributor, former DOJ spokesperson. So I'm now looking at a photo that's been posted by CBS reporter Robert Costa, which shows a guy draped in the flag holding a giant pole with a pig's head on it. He is among those demonstrating outside the Miami federal courthouse today. Um, You asked about the number of people. So, like, basically, they have to be prepared for anything because you just don't know. And because of that, that means they have to prepare for a few or a lot. Miami's mayor says they're preparing for crowds of anywhere from 5,000 to 50,000 people. We wanted to ensure to the public that we are ready. But according to the police chief, the city does not plan to separate Trump supporters and protesters outside the courthouse. And if we begin to see that there's opposing parties, we'll at that time make sure that they're they're separated. See, that's this is where it gets frustrating. Okay, so they have to prepare for the potential of 50,000, which I don't think there would be that many. Um, but you have to prepare for that. And all of them are looking to be on television. Every one of them wants to be on TV. They want to be seen. They want to be heard. This is, you know what this reminds me of? This reminds me of media day at the Super Bowl. Some weirdo wearing a crazy costume is going to walk around and get on all the cameras because that weirdo decided he wanted to be on TV that day. Yeah, I, I'm not sure who's going to show up. And I would, I would put it in the thousands, less than five thousand probably, and there, and and there'll be a lot of theatrics associated with it. The fear is is an actual uh, act of violence. Uh, I'm not saying January sixth. 2021, but an act of violence, because that would work against the president's interest, as Sarah indicated when we were talking to her. That was a a lot of the conversation last night. What this is going to feel like, I would put it in this term, sideshow. Outside is a sideshow. Inside is all business, of course. Mm -hmm. But here's the thing. The president, former Donald Trump, will be speaking to his supporters later that day. Yeah. Later today. Yep. And he did that before the last time. Yes. That is that is essentially where this goes next. What's his approach? What does he think? We know he thinks it's all a witch hunt and, and made up charges. What's the reality after that, that cold reality of going into that courtroom in Miami, facing that judge who may or may not be friendly to him? Because let's be honest, if it's canon, he appointed her. 
we'll we'll see how that shakes out. His reaction is is more fascinating than the actual procedure to so me. How will it go today? ABC's Aaron Katursky, also in Miami. Former President Trump has expected to arrive here at Miami Federal Court and go directly to the 13th floor courtroom for his arraignment. It's expected he will enter a plea of not guilty. After court, Trump will be processed as a criminal defendant. At no time will he be in handcuffs, but he will technically be in FBI custody. So his fingerprints will be taken, and they'll do that electronically. His mugshot will be taken. Mugshots in the federal system are never released. Once that's over, like you said, he will fly away from Florida back to New Jersey, and he will address guests at his Bedminster Golf Club. It's interesting that in the coverage, I've heard yes handcuffs, no handcuffs. I've heard uh, mugshot, no mugshot. Well, technically, is a mugshot will be taken. Yeah, but we'll never see it, more than likely, unless well, someone leaks it. TMZ will get their hands yeah, on it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's amazing that TMZ is now the, the, the most credible source on all things Trump, <laughs> but whatever, I mean, or all thing anything, really, now with news coverage. It's, it's a fascinating day in America because it's never happened before. All right, we'll keep our eye on it. It's going to happen 2 p.m. Central Time. That's uh, when most of this will take place in Miami, Florida. Okay, so we're going we're gonna to pivot here. So here's what we need. We are giving away Summerfest tickets. So we need you right now. We need multiple players, right, Pancake? Because we don't know for sure to do this Summerfest giveaway because you may not get them. So we need multiple. 855-616-1620. Light it up. Old National Bank talking text line. We got Summerfest tickets for you, but you got to do something for us first. 855-616-1620 in the Old National Bank talking text line. Old National Bank, get old. Summerfest tickets are yours next, but... Got to get on the line. Wisconsin's Morning News. Eric Bilstead in for Vince Vetrano. Steve Scafidi. Willing to join us for the 8 o'clock hour. Just appreciate here. it, buddy. Always appreciate it. Mm-hmm. My thanks to Pancake, who's been uh, holding my hand so well. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. I really do. Thank so you, soft. Greg. <laughs> All right, so here's what we're doing. Summerfest is kicking off next week. We're going to celebrate it by giving away tickets all this week. We want to give you tickets to Summerfest. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to play a little game. We have lined up several contestants. We may need them all. We may only need one. Mm. We shall see. So here's how the game is going to be played. We're going to play a song. We're going to stop it short, and you need to finish the lyric. This could either be really easy for somebody are very tricky. So let's bring in our first contestant. It's Nick in Milwaukee. Hello, Nick. You're on Wisconsin's Morning News. Hey, how's it going? All right, Nick. So here's how this will play. I will play a fairly short song, and then you need to finish the lyric. All right? And if you can't do it, then I got to move on to the next guy, all right? Or the next gal, depending on who our second contestant is. All right, does that make sense? Yep. All right, so here's what we're going to do. Cheap Trick is playing the BMO Harris Pavilion next Thursday. So in honor of this giveaway, we'll play a Cheap Trick song. These tickets aren't for Cheap Trick. They're for Summerfest. But anyway. All right. Here we go. I'm going to play the first lyric, and you need to finish the lyric. Here we go. Mommy's all right. Daddy's all right. And? Life's a little unfair. (laughs) Oh, no. Oh, buddy, that's not it. Sorry, Nick. So close, but not really. Mommy's all right. Daddy's all right. All right, John. John and Bayview is next. John, are you ready? I'll play it for you one more time here. It's Cheap Trick. All right. All right. Daddy's all right. It doesn't, just doesn't make any sense. Oh, no. 
Dang it. <laughs> where's nice the, try, where's though, the Cheap Trick fans out there? Well, they didn't realize it was Cheap Trick until just now. Oh, so yeah. that changes it a little bit. We're giving away a pair of tickets to Summerfest. It starts next week. Cheap Trick happens to be playing on Thursday. So Keith. It's our next contestant. And you might want to call, by the way, just in case Keith can't Yeah, we haven't run out of the five or six. Keith is like scrambling through his phone now to get the lyric. Keith in Milwaukee, yeah, cheaters. here we go. Mommy's all right. Daddy's all right. The baby's all right? What in the world? No, no. <laughs> There's no baby in that song. Yeah, he's just guessing. Okay, next is Mike in Wind Lake. All right, Mike, we want to give you a pair of tickets to Summerfest. Here we go. Finish the lyric. Mommy's all right. Daddy's all right. And Mama is not. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> nice try. No nice try. I appreciate it. Okay, Tom. Is in Bayview. Tom, you're next. We have a list coming behind you. So, Tom, I hope you get it. Here we go. Right. Oh, boy. Here we go. Right. We just see the little wind. Yes! Yes! There we go. Yes! <laughs> All right, congratulations, Tom. You are going to Summerfest. Well done. I don't. Did you really know the song, or were you just Googling it by the end there? So my mom, admittedly, was a huge, is a huge Cheap Trick fan, so yes, I, I do know the lyrics. Excellent. Well, congratulations. Going to put you on old ears, so Pancake and hook you up with a pair of tickets to Summerfest, of course. We're a partner of Summerfest, and they kick off. Next weekend, remember, it's a three-weekend big gig special again this year. Congratulations to Tom. And by the way, we'll do it again tomorrow for all you music fans. We might have to change it, though. It won't be cheap tricks, Steve. Mm. won't be cheap trick tomorrow. This is Wisconsin's Morning News. We'll see what Steve's got coming up next. WTMJ, W277-CV, and WKTI-HD2 Milwaukee. From the Annex Wealth Management Studios, this is News Radio WTMJ, a good karma brand station. The number of people texting the text line. <laughs> Just absolutely frustrated with our contestants who couldn't finish the cheap trick lyric. They always do that. Uh, I knew the answer to that. From the 262, OMG, come on, man. From the 480. Good Lord, these people. Yeah, some of them are pretty, some pretty weird answers when the, when the answer was actually weird. Hey, so I was, it broke yesterday that Pat Sajak, the host of Wheel of Fortune, he's going to end his run on Wheel after 41 seasons, which is just absolutely unbelievable. And uh, we were opening up the uh, text line earlier today asking, like, so who's going to replace him? Like, honestly, like, who would that person let be? Let the show die. Why do we well, have to replace well, him? Well, it's interesting you say that. Someone did suggest letting the show die, but why would you let something that makes money die? I'm not a fan of Wheel um, of Fortune, so for me it doesn't matter. I haven't watched it in 25 years. So who will be the Drew Carey, if you will, of the new uh. Wheel of Fortune? And someone texted in Michael Strahan. Someone said Jeff Wagner. Someone else texted Aaron Rodgers or Jordan Love. Uh, but the majority of the texters suggested... Maggie, say Jack, his daughter, who's been on the show before, she's a singer, uh, clearly knows how to be on camera, that they all think that she'll likely be the new host slash 
I'm cool. Man, I'm cool with it because I don't watch it. Now, my question, I asked you this during the break. So, Sajak retired. Does that mean Vanna White has to retire? So- no, but it sounds like they'll probably go out together. They they kind of have always talked like they wouldn't work without each other. So, How much it. cash do you think they've accumulated from this? She, oh, well, I don't know about him, but I know she's worth at least $50 million. I mean, she's worth a lot of money. Turn in letters. Yeah, hey, and then now just point more to power him. to you. Now you just point to him. <laughs> See, I know that about the show. I hate the show. Okay. To me, it, it just makes wrong? me mad when people so screw angry? it up. It just makes me mad when people screw up easy, you know, easy to solve puzzles and they can't figure it out. That's what I always remember, though, the memes when it's so blatantly obvious and the person just can't get it. Even the hosts are like, are you serious? You just said that out loud on TV? It's like, whew. So anyway, though, kudos on the run, though. Doing anything for 40 years. Well done. Hey, so. real, real quick, you, we were talking about Summerfest yes. and, and giving away tickets. I'll also be doing that, a four-pack of tickets, some point during the show. Excellent. So you'll be required to listen to all three hours today, I'm telling you. You'll have to listen to all three. <laughs> all right. Um, Summerfest new president, Sarah Pancari, will join me at 1035. Oh, excellent. Yeah, Sarah's lots of awesome. fun stuff to talk She's about. Awesome. I love Summerfest. You love Summerfest. We love Summerfest. America's greatest, world's greatest uh, music festival. Steve Scafidi is next. It's 859.